0: have just been a wonderful team just to be around, and uh, I'm going to have their pastors come up in just a moment and greet you. One's going to speak, but uh, I do want to announce that this Monday, tomorrow, we're going to be doing Vacation Bible School, and this church has not done this since 2008, if I'm not mistaken, and so we're going to do that. Uh, They have come up and graciously uh, joined with us in leading this, and so we just want to appreciate them. Uh, We've put out the ad on Facebook. So please bring your kids, your grandkids, your great-grandkids, uh, your neighbor's kids. If you don't have kids, uh, if you see them walking down the street, put them in your car and bring them down here. Don't, <laughs> don't let the cops see you do it. Uh, and so we're just, uh, you know, bribe them with candy, whatever you need to do. Uh, but we're going to, you know, we'll get them here, and uh, we're going we're gonna to have a great time. The biggest thing we're going to do is to tell them about Jesus. And man, that's what we're trying to do, is to tell them about Jesus, So we're going to introduce the the pastors who have come up. Uh, One is from Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, You might know Charlotte because that's the home of the Panthers. Amen. Praise God. The Panthers, not the Seahawks, but the Panthers. Uh, And so I believe that that makes him holy right off the bat. And uh, then we have the pastor coming up from Michigan who will be speaking as well. Pastor Glenn Walters, will you come up and just share briefly? Thank you.
1: Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. morning. So glad to be in the house of the Lord at Glacier Valley Church of My God. Hallelujah. So excited to be here. Um, If it's awkward for you to walk in and see a bunch of people in red shirts, imagine being the people in red shirts having to walk in. Uh, We grabbed breakfast early this morning and uh, everyone is looking at us, and we're like, hey, and somebody said, is a, is a circus in town? And we're like, well, there are a couple clowns. <laughs> uh, there are a couple clowns in that direction. Uh, and so uh, it's, it's always unnerving when, when you're trying to navigate understanding where you are. Um, and then worship began. And all of a sudden, I realized we're all seated in heavenly places by Christ Jesus. And we, part of our group may be from North Carolina. Part of our group may be from Michigan. Um, We may be considered from the lower 48 uh, states. But I am so glad that we are all sons and daughters of Jesus Christ and what he's done by the redemptive blood of his sacrifice. Somebody say amen. Amen. And so we are so excited let what did you tell me to say? Oh, Pastor Green is unbelievable. He is amazing. He is the best person in the whole wide world. Did I say everything you told me to say? Uh, I, uh, one thing I've noticed is it is amazing how, um, how incredibly unified you feel in, in this room. Um, it should be no shock to you. This room is filled with diversity. And um, to me, the power of unity is not uniformity, but it is in diversity. When people can come together, put all of the excuses for why people say we should not worship together off to the side and gather together to say it's one Lord, it's one savior, it's one baptism because of Jesus Christ. It is, it changes everything. And so I am so excited uh, to be here. Our team is so thrilled to be here. It is an honor to be with you. Uh, I want you to know you you have kingdom brothers and sisters in the lower 48 that are cheering for you they've been praying for you all week praying for us all week long all month long as we prepared our time together Um, over the next few days we are going to do this thing called vacation bible school and there are two things that i'm the most excited about number one i'm excited to serve alongside of you Uh, many of you are going to be coming to the volunteer meeting tonight i believe that we're holding this afternoon actually right after service okay great and a um, uh, pastor's wife was telling us that people have already said, hey, we want to come, we want to serve teenagers, we want to sign up and help be a part. I am so excited to be able to serve alongside of you. Number two, what I'm excited to do is serve alongside of you as we train up a generation. The Bible, the Bible says that there arose a generation who knew not the Lord or the power of his mighty acts. And I just, I just declare not on our watch. Amen. And so I'm so excited to see how God encounters the kids um, in this area, in this community. And I'm so excited to see what we're going to do. Honored to be with you. God bless you. Y'all give it up for amazing Pastor Green.
0: I did not pay him to say that. I got my wallet in the office, so amen. Praise God. You looking forward to hearing the word? It won't be for me, but I'm confident in the person bringing it. To introduce him to you, Pastor Rick is the pastor of the Abundant Life Church of God in Wyoming, Michigan. He holds a bachelor's degree in business administration with an emphasis in church leadership and a master's degree in organizational leadership. He currently serves on the Michigan Church of God State Youth Board and is an active member in his local community and network groups. His wife Chrissy is a retired dental hygienist and serves in and I don't think she's not here with you, obviously. His wife Chrissy is a retired dental hygienist, has serves in many administration administrative and organizational positions in the church. They have three children Andrew, Katie, and Michael. Is that right? Okay, son in law. Okay, well then he doesn't he doesn't count then. Yeah. Oh he does? Okay. And uh did I get did I get all of them? jessica okay i can't read my own writing uh and i serve in and they serve in various areas of the ministry uh, alongside their parents and so we just want to welcome here welcome him here we appreciate what they're going to do and uh, just some exciting things are going to be happening in this church this week please be a part of it amen one last thing One last thing, please be available after church for like maybe 10 or 15 minutes as we meet and talk about VBS. We're trying to make it as quickly as possible, but uh, please join us as we have uh, just a little bit of meeting on that, and this will be in regards to tomorrow night. Amen? Amen. Pastor Rick, come on up.
2: All right, so throw my fan back up there if you would. Because how many know behind every individual, every minister is more than just one person? So, that's the love of my life. My beautiful bride standing to my right. And the uh, far right is Andrew. He is going to be 30 this year. Um, he just moved out a couple of years ago, bought a condo, so glory be to God. He is uh, flying solo, and we are praying for a mate for him. So, if you want to pray with us for 2023, God to send him a woman, you don't think I'm serious? I am serious. The boy needs a woman in his life. He's got frenzy games with, but he needs a woman. How many say amen? Men, if your hands don't go up and you say hallelujah, either you're looking or you are going to get beat. Right, women of God, your elbow, get your hand up. You better say amen. And then next to my son is our baby girl, Jessica. It's crazy, God, what God is doing. So she uh, graduated from Grace with a bachelor's in like uh, global communication, communications. Graduated uh, spring of 2020. Remember what happened in 2020? This small thing called COVID. So she literally walked in our living room. I have the video of her walking with my cap and gown from my master's so she could have uh, pseudo-graduation experience. And then all the mission shut down. So she kind of floundered for two years wondering, God, what are you doing? But God in his sovereignty opened the door of opportunity. She's a resident at, there's four churches, they call it Zero Collective. She served as a mission resident to start with. And literally one of the assist, associate pastors of the church came to the board and said, you need to make room for Jessica. Because this girl is a diamond waiting to shine. And so I was pa- sharing with Pastor Glenn this morning. So her role has kind of changed from just a uh, missions resident. Now she's a pastoral slash discipleship resident. And uh, it's just crazy cool. She preached last Sunday Sunday. Uh, for the church that she's serving at. And you know how humbling it is to watch your daughter preach? Man, I'm just bawling. She preached a, a few weeks ago, and she she's kind of clarifying with the church, and so I'll clarify with you because she's my daughter, so she preaches like I preach. If you don't preach back to me, we're going to be here a while. You can amen, oh me. You can say shut up. It's I'm hungry. We got to go. You won't bother me. I spent 24 years, and actually, we're like 30-plus years in student ministry, so I may not stay up here. I may get up in your grill, because I like interacting, because for me, this is a conversation. I'm not just here to spout a bunch of words to you and just preach at you. I'm going to preach with you. Can we do it together? Amen. So then, like Pastor was saying, the fire. let's see far right. I got confused because I was standing this way. So that's Michael, our son-in-law. I don't call him son-in-law because I love him, and he's a gift from God. And then our Katie. So we're Michigan fans, if you know what the Wolverines, blue and gold. They do have football up here, right? You have the Seahawks, right? Oh, man, it's a mixed room here, isn't it? <laughs> that's right. So we are blue and gold and green and white because she is a Spartan, so she went to MSU. She's a vet tech, and she is rocking it. She's amazing and favors on her life. And then our son that I introduced to you, she, he oversees our media department at the church, so he runs about three guys that help with our live stream, and uh, he's just incredible. And I'm humbled that I call him family. And my wife and I, we really just kind of like We scratch our heads sometimes because we said, we know it wasn't all us, but I sense there's some praying parents in the house, and I just encourage you, don't stop praying. Because they may wander, but your prayers is what draws them back. And I can testify, I had a praying mama, and I went to a public school. I didn't know where any high school parties were on Friday nights, and I was on the football team. I didn't know where they were. And I honestly believe it's because my mama was praying because I was, man, I want to be where the action is. Glenn will tell you. I'm as extroverted as they come. And so it's like if there's action, I want to be part of it. I had no idea where the Friday parties were. In fact, the literal joke was when we graduated, I had classmates that said, Rick, we're going to pin you down and we're going to pour alcohol down your mouth. I said, good luck. Because if Samson can be strong, I can be strong, too. i throw you jokers off of me. And so I encourage you, prayer still works. And I just encourage you, let's just pause just for a moment, because I sense there's some burdens and there's some needs in the house this morning. We're going to get to altar, but let's pray. Can we pray? Father, this morning, the thing I love about the Holy Spirit is you know where everyone is at. And not only do you know where everyone is at, but, God, you know the people that aren't even in here that need to be here. And I thank you that you are omnipresent, so you're everywhere. And, God, I thank you that as we pray, the prayer of faith heals the sick. And so I ask you, God, that you would go beyond these four walls, even before we go. Go before us. Make ways where there seems to be no way. Open doors that seem so barricaded and locked and people that seem so hard and so incapable of coming to you that you would soften their hearts in preparation for what you want to do in us and through us. So have your way this morning. May every ear be open to hear you because I got lots I can say, but God, I want them to hear you. So use this time as we share. Come, Holy Spirit, have Your way. And we, your sons and daughters, say, God, we will not only just listen, but we'll obey. And we'll put action to our faith, and we'll actually step out, and we'll invite, and we'll compel people, as you say in your word, to be in your house. Even when it's sunny out, and we're tempted to not be here. Even when it's gorgeous, and we got plans, and we could just watch the live stream or listen to the podcast. God, we're going to be committed to be in your house. Because you're Lord of Lords and King of Kings, and you deserve it. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Hey, I want to talk to you for a few minutes. There. About from dream to destiny. Can you say from dream to destiny? It's kind of crazy. We just celebrated 10 years at our church um, in June. And I'll be honest with you as well. I was a youth pastor that never wanted to pastor. I, I, I watched Josh McDowell. I watched these speakers that were like in their 60s. They were still loving on teens. I said, if they can do it, I can do it. But the Lord had other plans. And I just encourage you this morning. Some of you may be at Crossroads this morning. Some of you may be going, but God... I encourage you to step boldly through that door of opportunity and say, Yes, Lord. Because my concern was if I go and pastor, all I'm going to be doing is pastoring to a bunch of people that are adults that are still kids because they still haven't grown up. You know what I found in 10 years? I was absolutely right. Look around. We have a ton of people that haven't been empowered, equipped, or prepared, especially doing ministry for 24, 30-plus years of student ministry. I watched the disintegration of our families. I watched teenagers having kids that weren't even ready to have kids and be parents. I watched parents drop their kids off to Sunday school And then they would go get coffee or go get groceries because church was important for their kids, but not for the parents. How many understand the kids watch the parents and they go, well, if it ain't important for you, why should it be important for me? And how many, you know, we get the pressure that, listen, you got them for an hour, pour as much Jesus as you can into them. Well, we got them the rest six days and we don't know what all hell's breaking loose in the home. But somehow, some way, I'm supposed to straighten you out. By the grace of God, we do that. Come on, where's the volunteers? By the grace of God, we do that. We pray, we intercede, and God miraculously does things where where there seems to be no way, he has his way. And so 10 years ago, we moved to Wyoming, Michigan. You should have heard our church in Muskegon when they announced, my pastor announced the Sunday after we got the vote that we were going to Wyoming, Michigan, or Wyoming to pastor. And I was gonna commute my first two years. They said, do you own a plane? How are you getting to Wyoming? Because everybody thinks Wyoming, they think the state, not the suburb of Grand Rapids. And they said, oh, Grand Rapids. So it's easier to say Grand Rapids than Wyoming because Wyoming's a suburb. And so we commuted for the first two years so that our daughters could go to a Christian school that God had blessed them with scholarships to go. And so for the past eight years, we've been full-time there living there. It's amazing to see, I was telling Glenn, it's amazing to see Pastor Ben be encouraged. Be encouraged. Six years seems like an eternity, and then the other, other, it just feels like a wisp, like, man, we just got here. And it's crazy to think 10 years we've been in Wyoming, and I told the church as we celebrated 10 years, in, the, in my spirit, and in just I just know we are just getting started. You are just scratching the surface as to what God wants to do. I see your heart. I see your passion. I see your desire to see this community one for Jesus. How many of you resonate with that heart and that vision? So it's, it's one thing to have a dream. It's another thing to see the dream come to destiny. And as we look at this, the life of Joseph this morning in Genesis chapter 37, how many you heard of Joseph? Great kid, right? 17-year-old. What happens? He dares to have dreams. The Lord drops dreams into his spirit. And he dreams these crazy dreams. Anybody dream before? Do you ensure that you write your dreams down? Because I want to encourage you, not all dreams are from the Lord. Some are pizza. Some might be tacos. Some might be fish. I don't know what your favorite food is because sometimes it's just not God. And we've got to have discernment to know which one it is. But I encourage you, when you know they're from the Lord, write those visions down. Because as you do that, as you pray over those, you see the Lord open paths and make ways where there seems to be no way. And it's crazy because if you, if you, you know, back hindsight 2020, 40 years later, if you say to Joseph, he's man, was it worth it? Yeah. But when he's 17 and he's having dreams. And he's telling his bros, hey, bro, y'all going to serve me one day. I don't know, but that's not tweetable. I mean, most of us are socially media minded. We're like, that's not something to put on Snapchat, Instagram, or Facebook. You don't blast that. You, like, pray over that. You stay humble. But no, he, he has not just one dream, but he has two dreams. And God takes it a step further. And now he's so braggadocious, he's telling his dad, hey, dad, even you are going to bow before me. That's some courage. And if you have loving fathers like mine that would give me the right hand of fellowship applied to my seat of knowledge. (laughs) We were kind of agreeing. We've lost some of that in our day and age, haven't we? I'm not talking about physical abuse. I'm talking about loving correction. Because the Bible still says the rod of correction will drive it far from them. It's not talking physical abuse, but it's talking about loving correction. Can I encourage you today? We've lost a lot of respect. We've lost a lot of honor for authority. Now, some authority, it's challenging to honor. But how many understand the Lord says we're to honor? We're there in the right or not, because it's him that will correct. And I'm not saying we, we walk around like welcome mats, letting people walk all over us. But we honor. We respect. We're commanded to pray. For those who are over us in authority. How many understand? It? It's easier to complain. Come on, let's flesh it out. It's easier just to complain. It's easier just to go, God, I don't get it. You're supposed to be in control. It just doesn't look like it. That's where our eyes of our understanding need to be enlightened that we would know. That he causes all things to work together for his good. You know what it causes me to just kind of trip on COVID for a little bit? Because how many know God even used COVID for good? Come on, he questioned some of our fear. He challenged some of us. I believe he challenged all of us. He challenged churches for sure, because a lot of churches, I think a ton of churches would never have thought they'd be live streaming today. Now, behind everyone's heart was not to live stream so that we would get consumer Christians who would rather sit on their couch in their PJs, sipping on their lattes, watching the service. That wasn't the heart behind it. But how many you understand when you live stream now someone anywhere, if they tap into you, you guys are over a million people. Listen to your service weekly. We're on radio. We're on the Internet. The word of God is more accessible now thanks be to COVID. Think about it. I'm not blessing COVID, but think about it. It forced us to think about church in a different way. One of the things I celebrate, and I'm not telling you guys have to do this, but one of the things that we celebrate COVID, because we didn't want to be touchy-feely, you know, for a little bit, we created a giving box at the front of the church. I said, and another other thing was, it was hard finding ushers. As I said, you know what? We got, we got blessed with this box. We're going to put a box on the stage. We're going to pray over the offering. And people, just like you said, Pastor, it's an act of worship. For me, that's worship. And one of the things that blesses me is I wasn't able to be there this Sunday, but I love watching families. I mean, we got little ones. We've got one. What's, what's uh, Eloise? Eloise is how old? We got a one-year-old. Now, this girl be strutting when she comes up. But she got her dollar in her hand and she knows the box is there, but while she's up there, she's looking around. Y'all see me? I got my dollar. I know where it goes, but I'm gonna strut a little farther. You know what blesses me? She's not afraid of the altar. She's hungry to come to the altar. Now it might be that that might be the nugget that gets her to go to the altar, but how many know we need people that are excited to get to the altar? Come on. We need people that understand there's nothing magical about this place. But I've been here enough times to know God meets me here. And I don't know if, if you're like me, but I grew up in a Pentecostal church that went, the, the blessed ladies, man, you kneel down at that altar, they got you there. I mean, God was done with me like 15, 20 minutes ago, but they're like, oh, bless him. Oh, I mean, they held you down there. I mean, you were praying through. And to some degree, we've lost that because we're so busy. Time is the most precious commodity we have in our lives. And I challenge you this week, maybe as families, to think about where are you investing your time? Which is a great segue to come Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday and serve. Because my heart is ministry is the funnest thing you will ever do. Ministry is the funnest thing. Man, it can be hell on earth sometimes. But even in the midst of that, there's joy. Because my Bible says that joy of the Lord is my strength. So I'm going to be be joyful rather than pouting. Because I don't know about you, but the Spirit don't hang around when I'm pouting. And a lot of people don't want to be around me when I'm pouting. I'm not saying life isn't difficult. I'm not saying we don't face challenges. But there can be joy in the midst of adversity. There can be joy in the midst of trial. There can be joy in the midst of testing. There can be joy in the midst of graduating, going through puberty. Remember the joy of that? Come on, guys. Remember when your voice was as high as the girls? And you were just praying, Lord, can I talk a little lower? Okay. You couldn't tell the difference between a guy and a girl on the phone? You're like, Lord, graduate me, please. Let me move ahead. And it's one of the tests that Joseph had to face. He had to face the pride test. Do you know that to be proud isn't a bad thing? To be proud isn't a bad thing. It's all about where your perspective is. In your pride, where is your focus? Is it exalting him? Because he says, Where I am, wherever I am lifted up, I draw everyone, not to you, but to him. And the more, the more I live, the longer I watch, we are some of the most selfish people. And in our 34 years of marriage, as I look back over the years, one of the greatest revelations the Lord gave me is, My wife wants me to be happy. And she will work hard to ensure that I have what I express will seemingly make me happy. And I would watch over our years of marriage how she would sacrifice so I could have what I desired. And there was a true revelation one morning where I woke up and I said, I have got to be cautious about what I say to her. Or share with her. And even when we would shop, I would have to work hard to prefer her. And one of the coolest things yesterday, we were out kind of souvenir shopping. We were at Alaska T-shirt company. I'm not; They're not paying me to say that, but that's the store we were in. Great prices, by the way. I mean, $10 for a T-shirt? Come on. And so my wife, she had told Miss Terry, she said, I want this t- hoodie. And so I put her on notice because I was like, I could forget. Men, do we forget it all? If your hand don't go up, you'll have one of my favorite altar calls, which is for liars. So I asked Miss Terry, I said, please help me remember. So we're in this store. I mean, good Lord, it's probably one of the biggest stores down there. So I got her on FaceTime and I'm walking around showing her hoodie after hoodie after hoodie. And I was getting, yeah, no, maybe. So I'm just collecting them on my finger. I've got like four or five on my finger. And then I found this other special rack, so we had to look at those as well, because you got to get the right color, you got to get the right design, and it's got to be a good price. All the ladies said, amen. Because it could be the most expensive one. And you're like, "Uh uh-uh. I'm learning some things over 30 years of marriage. And we found the right one. Glory be to God. So just pray it makes its way all the way back to Grand Rapids with me. And she'll be happy. So I'll be happy. Can I drop this else on you? Um, I used to grow living as married, happy wife, happy life. Well, Caution. And this delivery driver dropped this nugget on me that I was like, I like that a little bit better. He said, you know, I used to say that, but now I say happy spouse, happy house. Let your neighbor know it's not about happy wife, happy life. Oh, you don't want to say that, but it's about happy spouse, happy house. Come on. You can spread that. You can share that. Oh, it's getting weak. we got about to close. we got to close soon. No, the pride test. We all face this test on our way to God's destiny for our lives, the pit test. Anybody ever been in the pit? No, we don't want to tweet about that. We don't want to insty that. We don't want to snap that. We don't want to put that on our Facebook. But we'll put all the other crazy stuff on Facebook. Why is it that we have a tendency to isolate when we're in the pit? Again, we're selfish and we're stubborn. Bless God, I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to get out of this pit. How about by the grace of God, I'm going to humble myself. I'm going to be real with myself and with others. I say, hey, bro, could you help me out? Could you pray for me? Men, we need each other. We are too stubborn and too selfish. And I'm not saying we need to be weak. We need to be strong in our willingness to be humble. Because I see too many of us, we're fighting, we're wrestling, we're trying to get out of these pits of our lives. And God's like, well, why won't you just ask somebody for help? I mean, start with God and the Holy Spirit and Jesus for first. And then don't be surprised when the Holy Spirit says, hey, knock on this, guys. Tap him on the shoulder. Because as we come together, the Bible says iron sharpens iron. We're afraid of the friction. We're afraid of being real. Hey, Pastor Rick, if I really open up. They might not like me. Well, how are you going to share what God has done on the inside of you unless you get real? Because otherwise all you're sharing is a religion, and God's not about religion. He's about relationship. He wants you to know you. He already knows you. So the only person you're hiding from is you because he already knows you. So I would encourage you this week to take some time to just evaluate, God, am I really being real or have I been hiding? And why am I still stuck in this pit when you want me free? Pastor declared it. Last Sunday, we used the same passage. Whom the Son has set free is free indeed. It's emphatic. And yet as we scan our society and scan our world, why is it Christ's followers don't look any freer than those that are lost? I just come to encourage you. We need to walk out this freedom. And freedom is still free when we're following testing. When I'm tested, it doesn't mean my freedom has disappeared. It means I'm learning how to walk it out through the test. Because as you walk out that freedom through the test, someone else is going, bro, how in the world did you do that? You're still smiling. Man, your life looks horrible and you're still smiling. People are unfriending you, unfollowing you. They're blocking you. They're hiding you. They don't want anything to do with you. Hey, me and God got a good thing going on. And I'm finding out who my real friends are. And sometimes that's what the pit is after. God is after the pressure of life for us to reevaluate and orchestrate our priorities to be in line with him. And then we get to... The palace test, learning good stewardship. Luke chapter 16, verses 10 through 12 say, One who is faithful in a very little is also faithful in much. And one who is dishonest in a very little is also dishonest in much. If then you have not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth, who will entrust to you true riches? And if you have not been faithful in that which is another's, who will give you that which is your own? Which they've got the new King James up there. I should have read that one. If you have been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? Think about this statement. God really does want you to prosper. I'm not here preaching prosperity gospel. God wants you prosperous. He really does want you to succeed. Because these are some of the lies the enemy will try to sell us. Oh, well, if you're going to come to Jesus, that means you're going to be broke the rest of your life. That means you're going to be groveling the rest of your life. Do you know the happiest people I know? Are the people who are deeply in love with Him. And they're prospering. The scripture even says, May I prosper as my soul prospers. This is the great challenge. So many people get blinded by prosperity that they forget the first connection. Which, if I will walk with the wise, how many know God's the wisest person there ever was? then I too will be wise. See, so many people will say, God, if you just blessed me with a million dollars, then I would tithe. But he says, if you can't tithe the dime on the dollar, why do you think you're going to tithe on the million? We start where we're at. And as we're faithful in that, trust God for promotion. Trust him. Listen, your faith doesn't need to be in man. It doesn't need to be in your manager. God can move your manager's heart. You were just testifying of this on your, your this in your live stream. Over and over how God is blessing faithfulness. God is blessing with favor those that are faithfully giving and walking in obedience. The Bible says the wealth of the righteous is laid up for us. it's, it's wicked is laid up for us. The wealth of the wicked is laid up for us. God, pour it out. Open the windows to heaven. Pour out blessings that we cannot contain. Amen? So lead us to walk in that place where we get to that place where just like we're in this beautiful environment. God, we don't lose sight of what this blessing is. Because so often we, we earmark it as currency. Don't we? We hear prosperity and what do we think of? Money. I remember growing up and my dad testified. Remember testimony services? You got prayer meeting tonight. Maybe if if pastor allow you, you testify. I remember my parents standing up thanking God for healthy kids. Thanking God we hadn't had to go to the doctor. Thanking God that every time we opened the fridge, there was food in the fridge. It was understanding that that's where it starts. God, if you've been faithful here, you'll be faithful there. God, if you were faithful in 24 years of student ministry, you sure enough been faithful in 10 years of pastoral ministry. And God, I know in the next 10, 20 or 30 or however many you allow me to be, you will still be faithful. And you'll still continue to bless. What's on me is to walk in obedience. Where you lead me. I will follow. Let me drop these last couple of things and and we're going to pray. The key to prospering is the presence of the Lord. The key to prospering is the presence of the Lord. In his presence. Do you know this passage? In his presence is fullness of joy. At his right hand are pleasures forevermore. See his presence wants to be with us. Sometimes we've relegated it to this 11 to 12:30. But how many know He's a 24/7, 365 God? He'll be with you no, no matter where you go. It's are we cultivating an atmosphere for His presence in our homes? When people step on the step to our porch, when they pull their car into your driveway, if we could see in the spirit realm, is your house glowing? with the glory of the Lord. Come on, somebody. Because these four walls are amazing. This facility you have is amazing. But how many know God is a Monday through Sunday, Sunday through Saturday, however you look at the week, God. And as we prepare to go beyond these four walls, we pray you're back Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday at 6 o'clock or earlier for those that volunteer. And I pray this place is packed with kids. Because, how many know the younger we reach them, the better we're going to be? Yeah. Listen, my prayer at our church is they get saved in the nursery. I pray they get so in love with God that sin is, is why would I want to do that? I have experienced such a love, such a grace, such a compassion, such an amazing Heavenly Father. Sin pales. You want me to do what? Now, listen, I understand. The Bible is honest. How many understand? God says there's fun in sin for a season. Anybody been in that season? Again, raise your hand. Otherwise, you're all liars and we'll have an altar call for liars. We all been there. Even God is honest. It's fun. But there comes a day of reckoning. And the further in sin we get, the more isolated we get. And this is the enemy's greatest tactic. Because he knows if I can isolate you. I've got you. Because you don't want to be real. Healing begins with confession. And saying, God. It's me again. I got duped into thinking I could do this thing on my own. When your Bible says it's not by might. It's not by power. But it's by your spirit. Holy Spirit, would you come and fill me? Fill me to overflow. I don't want enough just for me. Because you know, God, I got to go see Nancy on Monday. And you know what a terror that is. And you know the test. And the enemy don't fight fear. But greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So, God, as you gear me up and raise me up and send me out, I'm going to do your work. I'm going to advance your kingdom. Stand with me this morning. David, would you come play something for us? The key to the presence of the Lord is obedience. The key to obedience is faith. The key to faith is hearing the word of God. I'll tell you, destiny is all over my life. I sat last night typing my life story. And what's crazy to me is I can still take you back if my grandparents still owned the house on Kensington, 52 North Kensington. And I don't know why, but my grandpa had a truck in the yard with a topper on the truck. And my grandma, great-grandma Wilhelm, my brother and I, we were just one year apart. And we were out there. We were with great-grandma. And great-grandma was prophesying before prophesying was a thing. And she was prophesying over these two boys, "Your boy's are going to be in ministry one day." And my grandpa backed it up, because we was with my grandpa during the summers, and he literally prophesied over us. He said, "You better get into something that's fun, because all you know how to do is play games and have fun." Remember, I told you ministry's fun. Remember, I told you I was a youth pastor. You're doing crowd breakers. You're having games. You're going to amusement parks. You're going all these crazy, goofy stuff. Life is fun for me. And ministry is fun. And if you haven't found that, see, pastor, because he will help you. Because ministry is a blast. How many know your story? How many have shared your story? One of the greatest joys you will have in your life is sharing your story. Because we live in an era where people want to argue whether the word of God is real or not, but they can't argue with your story. You may question that. you can't question what God's done in my life. He changed me. He rearranged me. He made me new. Because I know the old me. Some of you were kind of cautious to say, I remember the old me. You're doing an amazing job at leading worship. Let God continue to stir that gift in you. Okay? I encourage you to pray about writing songs. You may already be doing that, but keep seeking the Lord. And as he pours it out, write it and I pray favor over you that you will find people that will coach you and lead you in that. That's the wonder of the internet. You're not lost in Alaska. You can access those things. So let the Lord keep doing that, okay? For all of us, we are all gifted. It's all about honing your gifting. So many of us want to be lazy and it's like, God. So often we come to church and say, God, bless the chaos. And he's like, hey, if you would take some time I would bless the order. I just encourage you. Pastor didn't ask me to say this, but some of us, we show up about five minutes before service. I would challenge you to show up a half hour early. You know, as pastor needs prayer, and I'm not saying you don't pray for him, but maybe you form a group that prays for you before you get up on the stage. God, pour your spirit out. God, pour your spirit out. God, consume him because he needs to pour into our lives so consume him as he pours into our lives consume us because there's a lost and dying community that needs you and we are no we know who we are but God if you can use anything listen if he can use a donkey he can use us amen so my grandma and that's when we were like in 8 9 or 10 So then I answered the call of ministry in 1988. I was a a first assistant at McDonald's. thought I was going to be a store manager, gearing up to go to Hamburger U. And God put a halt on that and called me into ministry. I was engaged to be married in the spring of 1989. I left my first assistant managerial job to go to full-time ministry for a whopping $75 a week. Now, only picture my fiance's parents when I sat with them and said, I have a call in my life, and I'm going to make a whopping $75 a week. Now, I didn't mention to you, she was going to school to be a dental hygienist, which Pastor shared, so they thought she was my sugar mama, because she going to make bank. Oh, you're just going to marry our daughter to live off of her. Now, listen, this is so cheesy, but some of you don't even know what a cassette tape is. But I was meeting with them. And I said, well, I thought about making a cassette. I'll sell some cassettes. Maybe make some. You ain't even laughing. Make some cassettes. Sell my music on the side. And they're just like, boy, what's wrong with you? But here's the crazy cool thing. Talking about from dream to destiny. When my in-law parents passed, guess who the favorite son-in-law was? And I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you truth. And the impact our faith of our family had on their lives changed their lives. I was sharing with the team one of the coolest things. A couple weeks ago, we were in Siesta Key for a family vacation. And my wife's uh, cousin, her husband, naval lifer. And he would join us periodically. And this, he's now retired, so he was able to be with us the entire week. We were able to fish a couple times that week. We sat around the table for his birthday celebrating and somebody said hey in our family we share two things we really admire about the individual whose birthday it is so we went around the room and everybody shared a couple of things about eric that they highly admired when everyone had finished eric said well he said listen i want to tell you all oh, over these six years of coming to siesta key spending time with faith people your faith has renewed my faith And I've now restored my desire to serve the Lord. And I'm now enjoying doing you version Bibles that he plans with him and watching his faith just mushroom and grow. Sometimes it's not standing behind a pulpit holding a microphone. Sometimes it's out fishing. Sometimes it's in the office cubicle. Sometimes it's driving the kids to school. Sometimes it's being a parent in the classroom. One of the blessings of my life, I got to coach my girls in sports. They may not say it was their favorite thing, but I love the fact that I was able to be with them. And I just encourage you this morning, if God has placed a dream in your heart, would you come down so we can pray with you? Just join me in the front if you would. I'm not looking for everyone to respond, just whoever the Lord leads, because I'm all about the Holy Spirit having his way in your life. I'm not into manipulating or controlling people. Let Holy Spirit do what only he can do. So if you don't respond, perhaps you're seeing someone down here and you're like, Holy Spirit, I need to pray for them. Would you respond and come pray for them? And the way we do that is we say, Holy Spirit prays through you and blesses them. And the cool thing is, you get blessed too. Can we do that this morning? Come on, step out. The individuals are here, need someone to agree with them in prayer. Don't let Pastor and Sister Jenny do all the work. Come on, let's labor together as a body, as a faith family. Come on, team. Come on. Y'all are anointed. You came all the way from Charlotte, you came all the way from Grand Rapids. Let the Lord use you.